That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hey folks, it's Matt Zachary and welcome to Vax On, a weekly segment of my podcast out of patience right here on the Offscript Media Network. Hey, I'm Alura Nanos. I'm a lawyer, a journalist, a mom of a teenage narcoleptic, and a professional big mouth. Lou and I go back 30 years as best friends, and we're here to have fun and bring you a layperson's guide to what the hell just happened this week in healthcare as America gets its vax on and shows COVID the door. Matt gets me. He knows I'm tired, annoyed, and sometimes pushed to the brink by the intense chaos of our lives right now. We're here together to learn, complain, and include you in the conversation. So join us on Twitter at VaxOnPod and share your stories and grievances using the hashtag VaxOn. Conspiracy theorists and haters shall be neutralized on site. All right, Matt, let's get at it. VaxOn, here we are. Hi, Matt. Special guest, Andrew McDowell, here in the room with us live in person. Thank you for having me, Matt and Allura. To the listeners in the cheap seats, Andrew is my co-founder and chief operating officer here at Offscript Media. That's me. And Andrew, for those of you just listening, has the most fabulous hair. <laughs> he does. We This is radio. Andrew is a fabulous redhead with the best hair ever. Can you not hear my hair? <laughs> <laughs> So the hair. You can stay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Andrew, join us as we check in. What have you been doing this week? I have been recovering in my own way from the COVID-19 pandemic that, to, that we've all been contending with. Helping the kids adjust to school, watching as the kids experience new forms of anxiety relative to school, and watching as they become stronger, I hope, as a result of their experiences. That's a way too serious answer. That's very serious. I'm going to Texas. Fuck that. I got my first business trip. <laughs> Matt, I'm yes. so jealous. I want a business trip so badly. I was talking to a colleague today about how they're starting to send them out back into the field to go travel, and the first two or three trips will be extraordinarily fantastic. And then, fuck business travel. It's going to settle in again. So, you know, I'm someone that doesn't do a hell of a lot of business travel. And I'm here for all business travel. If you need to stick me in as your proxy, I will go. I will go wherever. Where there are restaurants and expense accounts, I will be there. There is an allure-shaped suitcase waiting to be filled in every airport. Exactly. I love a suitcase. I love traveling. I love to talk to people. Not on the airplane because that's when you read your book. But, like, I love to make new friends. And I, wherever there is, I'm ready to go there. We're also like seeing people in real life. I mean, case to the point here, of course, you, you come in every other Tuesday for the taping, but we've been going to dinners with actual people and I'm seeing pictures on Instagram again of people in actual settings together. We were on a call today with a media partner 
and their offices stocked up with real people again. It's so nice. I had my first crowd experience this past weekend. So, you know, I played an orchestra and we had an outdoor concert and it was magical. We drew a crowd of almost a thousand people and we played Beethoven Six, which is pastoral. So it was like perfect setting, like listening to the birds chirp and being outside and playing Beethoven. It was incredible. Such a great experience to see everyone all together enjoying it. A perfect example of the sort of event that we were all missing. Yeah. Right? And I, I'm I'm frankly appalled by all the things that I forgot that I didn't like, such as lines, such as <laughs> such as traffic, such yeah. as uh, seats being unavailable uh, in the subway. I also have found that I don't really like sharing physical space with people. Present company excluded. Yeah, of yes. Like I like being near friends. I don't like being physically near strangers. Right. So that hasn't been fun. Like lines really piss me off. And like, get out of my way. I, I liked it when we were all on the same page that you're supposed to make yourself scarce around me and like give me a six foot perimeter. And now people are like back to not understanding personal space. And soon I know what's going to happen. I know what's coming. The masks are going to come off. Mm. Then I'm going to have to deal with people's breath again. <laughs> Although last week you said lipstick is back. So that's at least a benefit. Look at my lipstick. Yes. There it is. There are trade-offs. We were all not acknowledging the trade-offs that we'd be making by returning to each other's company. Yeah. I told you I'm wearing masks on the subway forever because anything that shields me from subway juice smell, mm. I'm, I'm there for that. But that's a benefit. That's a feature of paying your $2.50. Well, is it though? I have a very sensitive gag reflex. I can't deal with that. <laughs> Come for the subway juice. <laughs> Stay for the crime. <laughs> De Blasio 2022. <laughs> yes, I got political, but I'm right. All right. So political. On that note, speaking of political, I thought I'd bring you gentlemen to our first story. I cover this story not so much because I want to give it any oxygen because I really don't, but because I feel like part of being informed is knowing what kind of insane bullshit is out there. Hmm. And if you live in pretty normal circles, you might miss this and you might not realize that people are fucking batshit out there. So, so it's a public service yes. to disclose the fuckery that we call just for you. Our fabulous listeners. Exactly. So I don't know if you saw this, but there was an Ohio legislative hearing going on. Wait, not Florida. No, not Florida. Not Florida. All right. So Florida's off the hook for now. I mean, for now. But Ohio, the state legislature is considering this bill like it's like a vaccine. It's like a don't discriminate against non-vaccinated people, bullshit, civil rights, nonsense for people who don't actually understand how law works. Putting that aside, that the bill is idiotic. Right. And, that's, and you're a lawyer. Yeah, like it's just not how it works. But, you know, people are uh, all up in arms that they don't want to be treated differently if they haven't gotten vaccinated. So they had, you know, of course, as they always do, they have all different people testify in favor against the bill. And um, this nurse decides that she's going to testify in favor of this bill to show how important it is that we protect people's rights to stay unvaccinated. And... She actually, instead of talking about the law, which would have been a sort of relevant thing to do, she decides to make her case about how the vaccine is just terrible. And the reason it's terrible is because it magnetizes you. Hmm. Wait, this is worse than the making people infertile? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's worse. I don't know why being magnetized is a bad, like maybe it's a bad thing. I, I mean, don't know why. You pick paper clips really easily. I, I, right. It would be convenient. Like when you set the table, you could just put the forks, like just stick it right on your chest. Yeah. And then like put it on the table. It would be easy. It's very Jetson-esque. Right. It was so great. And there's a video that's circulating all around the internet on this. So this lady, to make her point, she's like, people have gotten 
vaccinated and then they became magnetized and watch this. And she like took paper clips and a key and tried to stick it on her neck to show how she became magnetized. Wait, so she was vaccinated. Yeah, I guess she was vaccinated. And then was convinced she became magnetic. She became magnetic. Only when she went to show that she became magnetic, it didn't work because the paperclip. I just, just can't right believe off. that it didn't work. <laughs> so nothing stick to her because hashtag science. Right. Also, this is what I want to know. There's people out there who have, I guess, gotten vaccinated and have decided that as a result, now metal is sticking to them. What mm. I want to know is, did they ever try to do that before? Like, maybe they were just already magnetic. I mean, if you're kind of gross and sticky, anything sticks to you. Right. Like, there's all those people with the spoons on the nose. Right. Right. There's all those spoon on the nose people. Yuri Geller was vaccinated. (laughs) There's an old reference for you. Yuri Geller, my friends. You won the almanac for tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, like, so that's happening. Like, you know, people don't want to get vaccinated because... They might be magnetized. But what? the funny part is she thought she was being serious. Well, was she, she like laughed out of the room? No. Well, um, you know, the clip that circulated didn't show much of a reaction. So I don't know exactly what happened in the room. But what I do know is that she was like, keep it on, keep it on. She tried it multiple times until she finally got something to stick to her. I imagine as she started to sweat from being so embarrassed by making an ass out of herself, probably a little suction form and the key stuck <laughs> to her neck. But it was like the most ridiculous thing. And she was just adamant. See, see what this proves. I'm magnetic now. And it's just like, um, okay, lady. Yeah, and and I think that what's what's really what's really problematic here, and the reason that people feel comfortable getting up and saying things like this, is that there are so many of their peers who are doing exactly the same thing and finding acceptance. Right. People want to have this kind of sort of evidence, like it's not just that I think this is bad, but look at this terrible result that happened to me that I can show you on video. Mm -hmm. Like, aha. Right. And it just is, I mean, it's so nutty. And the reaction that we're having is not the reaction that people had to that video universally. Right. You can bet that a very significant vocal group of people watched that video and because it confirmed what they want to believe, they believed it and they amplified it. Mm-hmm. And that is at the root of the problem that we have with information. Except that those people must not even have been paying close attention to the video because it didn't actually even stick to her. Right. So even her bullshit like didn't even work. It wasn't even consistent. But it changes the way that you receive the information. Oh, that's you, true. You, pers- yes. you draw in and make use only of the aspects of it that confirm what you want to believe. And that's the part that you carry over and repeat. Yeah, that's scary. Right. Because we're probably all susceptible to that kind of confirmation bias on some level. But it's like scary to me to think like, am I watching stuff Mm -hmm. that I think it's normal and then really it's crazy? I don't think so. I feel like anyone who becomes magnetized from the vaccine should be wearing like an Energizer bunny, like trademark button on the shirt or something. I've been magnetized. Ask me about how I've been magnetized. (laughs) I just want to know, like, like, really, is it so bad? Like, can you charge your cell phone now by just putting it on your leg? Like, how does that work? That's convenience. That would be so convenient. And and like. Do we hate our magnetized friends? And what happens if your friends are magnetized? Do they, does it is it contagious? Is it like the proteins that you inhale? Like, I need to know more about this. We need like the Nazi Germany magnetized over here, not magnetized over there. Yes. And I can get away with that because I'm Jewish. <laughs> with with hating magnetized people. Yeah, with the Nazi Germany reference. And, and okay, sure. <laughs> Springtime for Hitler <laughs> and I, Germany. <laughs> I also want to know though, like, follow this logic. We should not treat 
vaccinated and unvaccinated people differently. And here's a law that says you're not allowed to treat them differently. But do we treat magnetized and non-magnetized people differently? What about that? What about magnetic discrimination? Where does it end? Do it they gives have a totally rights? different meaning to the phrase polarized society. <laughs> oh, dear God. <laughs> Andrew went there. <laughs> Actually, that, that aligns well with the next conversation because it's about segregating people based on being vaxxed or not vaxxed, yes, right? Yeah, well, not so much. Yeah, I guess sort of segregating. And Andrew and I had been talking about this and we started really being of two minds. And I wonder if we will end up still being of two minds about this. So there was a high school in New Hampshire that had its prom. And the prom was outside. And it sounds like what was happening is that the school was trying to do its very best to include everybody, but also to be as safe as possible, which is great that that's what they were trying to do. And the way that they handled it is that everyone was invited to attend, but people who were not vaccinated had numbers written on their hands. And then on the dance floor during the prom, every three songs, everyone was asked to raise their hands so that you could see the numbers. And there were like people walking around kind of chronicling which number people were next to which other number people. And the, the point of this was ostensibly to contact trace so that I guess if someone came down with COVID, you could be like, oh, well, I spent three songs dancing next to number 47. Somebody overthought this. <laughs> you think? <laughs> they should correlate it to which 80s song they danced to. Right. That would be great. <laughs> like, You Belong to the Night, whatever that, Glenn Frey versus like George Michael. Like, what, what song were you, Freedom 90? Like, seriously, what song were you vaccinated in? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, I'm sure you could predict like, this happened and then people bitched about it. Yeah. And, and instead of just upsetting unvaccinated people who might have been, let's say, excluded from attending the prom, they pissed off everybody, right? Everybody's annoyed. Parents are all annoyed. And of course- Wait, did they play the safety dance? <laughs> I really I hope, hope they, they started did. with the safety dance. I really hope they did. Um, or shots. So parents freaked out. And, and the school's like, we wrote on our website that this was exactly what we were doing. But of course, the parents didn't read the prom website. Why would so they why read would something? They, right. So everybody's all annoyed. You know- my first lawyer thought about this was it seems a lot like a HIPAA violation. If you're going to take someone's Ooh. medical status and now make there's it like the lawyer. public, right? there's the lawyer. That seems like a problem. If, you know, I mean, you do have a legal right to stay unvaccinated. And if you are unvaccinated, like, I don't know that, you know, everyone in your class needs to know your medical status. Having said that, I think that they should have just excluded people who are not vaccinated if that's what the school felt was the safest thing to do. Also, this prom was outside. Like, why are they going berserk like Wait, this? Wait, this was outside. It was an outdoor prom. That's extra stupid. I think it's extra stupid. Mm -hmm. I think it's, yeah, it was held outside on the school grounds. But I guess they were being really careful. In New Hampshire, only just over 50% of people are vaccinated. Um, so there's plenty of people around that have not received a vaccine. And, you know, so there's some risk there. Did Unlike make... Vermont right next door, which has a record of over 80%. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, they're like very, they're like herd. But Vermont that's because they're leave, they're, Vermont is live free or die, right? That's yes. New, that, that's New oh, Hampshire. that's New Hampshire. Which one of them? It's New Hampshire, live free or die. Oh, I, I What's stand Vermont? corrected. Uh, what is Vermont? <laughs> Get vaccinated, For, Vermont. Vermont is Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Cabot, cheese. Right. Build-a-bear. Right, right. Oh, Build-a-bear, Vermont. Yes. <laughs> Thank that's you. The, come, Vermont, come for the bears, cheese, and ice cream. <laughs> and where, which one is the maple syrup? 
That's like Canada, isn't it? No, it's also New England. It's somewhere up One there. One of the states. All right. I like New England. This episode, <laughs> not sponsored by New England. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I feel like, was this really even necessary to, first of all, the whole plan seems idiotic. Yes. Right. It seems guaranteed to not do whatever they were trying to do. As I try to parse the further detail that you have looked up in this story, because initially the story that I was responding to is one in which the school gave red dots to kids who were vaccinated and black dots to those who weren't. And what I thought was, well, if they need to keep the kids apart, just give the kids who are vaccinated a bracelet and don't mark the other kids. Something along those lines. But still a HIPAA issue. Um, a more familiar uh, way of tracking people. Uh, but. Yeah, I, I, I suppose the HIPAA concern is one that continues to prevail. Is that what people are complaining about? To me- No, of course that's not. I mean, and I, look, I'm not a HIPAA expert, so I don't actually know for sure that it's a HIPAA violation. It just sounds like one. That's totally not what anybody's complaining about. They were complaining about this, the, the proceeding stopping and getting everybody recorded yeah. as to their position on the dance floor. Right, but I think it's because basically what was going on was the the kids who were unvaccinated were sort of subjected to this extra rigor- at the prom that like messed with their dance mojo, I guess. Uh, that would definitely mess with your dance mojo. This is like the enchantment under the sea dance meets <laughs> Othello. <laughs> you just went straight to the enchantment under the sea dance. I have to. I, I love it. <laughs> Marvin, Marvin, <laughs> Marvin Barry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Lorraine is my density. What can I say? Oh my goodness. I just love that. Yes. You know that sound you've been looking for? Okay, sorry. <laughs> I could do Back to the Future all day. Okay. So channeling Back to the Future and my dear friend, who I don't really know, but I wish knew me, Robert Zemeckis, let's go back in time for some ads. That was really bad. Here's some ads. <laughs> Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we're back. 
One of the things I love about what we can do here is revisit shit and fuckery from episodes past and follow up on how far we've come or yet how far we've not come on progress in that crap. So take it away, Laura. So remember a whole bunch of episodes ago, we talked about the big problem at that manufacturing plant in Baltimore where a piece of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine got accidentally put into the AstraZeneca and vice versa. Right, the peanut butter chocolate mix-up. Exactly. And we were like, I don't know what's going to happen. They're investigating. Oh, my God, that sounds crazy. And then they put a pause on it and like, holy shit, there was going to be no vaccines. But they uh, put J&J in charge of it, didn't they? Right. They were like, you guys, you're in charge now. And like, and that was like the last we heard of it, right? Right. So here's what happened. Here's the follow-up. So they finished the investigation. I have no idea if Johnson & Johnson is like still in charge or whatnot. I don't know that. But what I do know is that the federal regulators, which I guess are like FDA people, They came and they told Johnson & Johnson, 60 million of the doses that were made that were affected by this problem cannot be used. So like, I don't know if they said take them and throw them away, but they're like, you can't use those. Okay. So that's not so crazy. Okay. Maybe it was a big problem. 60 million doses, can't use them. Makes sense. That's a lot. Like that seems like a pretty big fuck up, but like, all right, fine. But here's the weird part. Ready? It had to be a weird part. Yeah, of course there is. And and I really hope that someone can explain this to me because it's freaking me out a little. 10 million of the doses, the problem doses, those are going to be distributed in the U.S. and to other countries, but with a warning that the company that operates the plant might not have been following the right manufacturing practices. There might be halon in this vaccine. Like, I want to know who's going to be like, sure, shoot me up. Why wouldn't they just be like, I'll wait for Moderna tomorrow? This makes no sense to me at all. I'd be worried that it might not magnetize me. (laughs) (laughs) Enough. (laughs) uh, Apparently. Way to bring it full circle. (laughs) Very nice. Apparently, there were 170 million doses that were left in limbo after this problem was discovered. Now, I'm unclear. So, you know, 60 plus 10 adds up to 70, not 170. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where the other 100 million are. I don't understand why this 10 million, why somehow it's okay. This is the magic 10 million. Yeah. Mm. I mean, now it's possible that maybe there was something different about this 10 million. I I don't know. That's not what's being reported. But all we know is 60 million of them, those are getting thrown out. 10 million of them, those are, the recommendation was that they be used as long as you warn people that, hey, there was a fuck up at the manufacturing plant. That sounds fantastic. I really don't understand this. It's like the Carfax for vaccines. (laughs) Yes, it is. Like, I want to know what happened and was it in an accident? So I don't know. I mean, do either of you guys have any better wisdom than I do about this? Because it seems weird to me. I have nothing but questions. I have so many questions. And I feel like I wonder if the reality is that despite any FDA approval issues, maybe it's like not a big deal whatever this mess up was. Like maybe it really doesn't make any functional difference. And they're trying to preserve valuable vaccines so that we don't throw stuff away when there was really no big deal. Maybe that's the case. Or maybe not. (laughs) I just have no idea. And I would really like someone to tell me because I'll tell you that this story makes no fucking sense to me. (laughs) And the J&J vaccine is already, you know, it's it's number three in terms of its... uh, levels of trust that it enjoys. Yeah. Yeah. And so now they've they've found a way to carve out a segment of that number three and make it a little worse. I feel like, again, I really have questions about uh, how is this affecting Johnson & Johnson overall as a company? Because, I mean, regardless of whether it's 
medically and scientifically valid what's going on right now. I mean, it doesn't sound real great for Johnson & Johnson, despite the fact that it wasn't even Johnson & Johnson's fault that this happened. Like, it, it really wasn't. It was another company that was manufacturing for them. So, but Johnson & Johnson already is plagued by, you know, bad media stuff. They're still paying out the talcum powder, uh, class action lawsuit damages. I mean, and it's, you know, one of those big monolithic American companies. Um, so it, I, I have to wonder what happened. I remember that when we covered this story last time, we looked into Johnson & Johnson's stock prices and they did not really go down, at least as a direct result of that story. So I wonder like what this is going to do now. I mean, I mean this with no lack of empathy, but if these remaining 60 million are good enough and can be tested safely somewhere else, wouldn't we want to give them to a country that's in desperate need of them? And you yeah. mean 10 million, right? No, no, they're keeping 10 million. Keep they're dumping 60 million. Oh, dumping. You, you, you want to do something with the ones that are being dumped? But I'm saying like, would someone else, is, is there like the FDA of Africa or the FDA of South America? Like, is there another governing body that could take a look at these 60 million doses yeah. and vet that they're good enough, they're safety enough in them that they can be distributed to third world countries that are desperate for vaccines? I mean, I, I wonder, and I wonder if the reason why the 10 million were sectioned off for use with a warning. I wonder if the ultimate goal is 10 million people get these vaccines. Those 10 million people have no adverse effects from the vaccines and also don't get COVID. So, you know, we have, you know, this, uh, this evidence that the vaccines are working. And then they say, hey, you know, get those 60 million ones off the shelf. Um, even though there was a fuck up here, they're still perfectly fine. So just use them. Maybe so, that's the long the long term goal. So they're keeping these sixty million cold storage while they litmus test a guinea pig segment of people that are like, hey, the Carfax on this stuff is, eh, but here, enjoy a jam. I mean, maybe I just really don't know. Also, my understanding is when it comes to vaccines, is that the money that that goes into creating a vaccine is really about the research, the clinical trials, all that, keeping the, the pharmaceutical company working. And that the actual manufacturing of the vaccine is not the thing that is so incredibly costly. It's kind of like a pizzeria, like it has crazy overhead, but the pizza itself is not what's so expensive. So I, my sense is, it sounds like getting rid of 100 million doses is a huge deal, but is it? Like, I don't really know if it is. Can't they just make more? Like, is that the problem, the manufacturing supply chain? I don't know. Well, you know, when I ran 11 pharma companies in my early <laughs> days, supply chain was all I studied every day as CEO of Investo Biopharma Compu Global Net Pharma <laughs> Digitech. Do you know I like saying supply chain in public often? Have I ever told them this is a confession time? It's nice syllables that no, rolls I, off the tongue. Supply I like saying, chain. It's because it's one of those phrases that I spent a long time in life not knowing what it meant. And then I had to learn what it meant. And now I understand it. And I'm like, oh, look, I can just say supply chain and act like I'm important. What does it mean? <laughs> there was a commercial in the 90s. I remember during high school, a legit commercial in the 90s. That was like this dad trying to like, hey, kid, you're going to grow up and be smart. And he dumps this book. He, the kid thinks it's like Nintendo or something. And it's like, boom, supply chain economics. Real commercial. <laughs> I sort of remember that. Yeah. But it's like in the recesses of you, your brain is fucking weird. It's media. Yeah, your brain media. is. Just, you have like a lot of extra RAM, ROM, <laughs> which is it's one of those that I don't know what it is. But you it's have like, a lot. Yeah, like VRAM or something. I have no Crazy. idea. Crazy. You just like have it right there. Like you can no, access it all the time. When I think of the term supply chain economics, I go back to this commercial. 
Right, like voodoo economics. Yeah. <laughs> Something <laughs> DOO economics. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Bueller. I just looked up the stock prices of the major <laughs> vaccine manufacturers. Okay, hit me. And it's it's kind of interesting. It seems like the big winner in the group is Moderna. It's up 92% wow. over the past year. Despite my COVID arm. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Novavax is up 67% year to date. Uh-huh. Pfizer's up uh, 7% and change. And uh, J&J is up 4%. Well, that sounds good. Moderna for the win. Really, yep. Moderna. But well, you mentioned Novavax. I bum, don't, bum, don't, think, don't think you just snuck that in there. I was feeding you a second. You were. Like, Andrew's like, oh, this is old news about Novavax. Here I am with a Novavax story. <laughs> That's like sleuthy <laughs> shit, Red. Seriously. So Novavax, a small American company, announced Monday, guess what? It's going to be number four, throwing its hat in the ring to also make COVID-19 vaccine. Is it too little too late? I mean, for America, maybe, but the rest of the world kind of needs it. I, I mean, it sounds like it. And and really, if we're saying, is it too little too late, we should be looking at the company. It's a private company. So if they can make some money, great. Like Maybe they'll go sell it to somebody else. It sounds like they're not expecting to do a lot of business in the U.S. because they're like, you know what, we're might, you know, we might not even look for FDA approval because that's kind of a pain in the ass. But maybe we'll go to like, you know, Europe or somebody and go deal with it there. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, AstraZeneca has had a very troubled rollout, um, and and who else is is a potential player out there? There's the Sputnik uh, vaccine, right from from Russia. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah. And uh, I, I like I like the accent in China. Oh, it was it was a terrible Russian accent, but it was an accent. It was certainly better than what I can do. <laughs> if he dies, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> you will lose. OK, <laughs> right. There, right there with you. Yes. OK. And there's also Sinovax. Are there other vaccines out there? Oh, Is that Sinovac. a comprehensive list? I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, China has like 17 of their own. They do. Yeah. I had no, I don't even know how this works. I thought it was just Sinovax, but. But here's, I have a question about this Novavax situation. Yes. I mean, 30,000 people in the trial is pretty impressive. Yeah, that's great. You know, but here's my question. One of the things that I've seen is that doctors are saying that Novavax may be a really good bet for a booster. Ooh, yes. Now, what I am confused about is why is that the case? Like, why wouldn't Moderna know how to make its own booster? or Pfizer know how to make its own booster? Why would this vaccine somehow be a better booster than just another dose of the existing vaccines? Or would you have to get a Moderna booster if you have Moderna the first time? What they're saying is that this vaccine, this Novavax vaccine, could be a booster to whatever vaccine you've already gotten. Well, the former chief of the FDA said that. So it's, this sounds like there's some legitimacy there. Yeah. I mean, like, I didn't just make that up. It's not the lady with the freaking paperclips that said it. It was one distinction <clears throat> between the Novavax vaccine and the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines is that it is not an mRNA vaccine. Oh. It is a vaccine that actually introduces the spike protein of the coronavirus itself into the body. Look at the big brain on Andrew. The man does his homework and he looks good doing it. Seriously. <laughs> you keep all kinds of information in that hair, don't you? So the, <laughs> I still can't hear your secret. hair, by the way. That's the secret. Oh, well, so we might be using a different type of vaccine technology in a booster. Do you guys know, is the thought process like multiple types of vaccines sort of work together to cover all bases of 
immuneness? Getting out beyond the, the margins of my knowledge, but may, maybe a guess is that you're training your body in a second mechanism uh -huh. for producing defenses against these spike I proteins. I love this. So it's sort of like painting. Like you can go up and down a little bit. You can go side by side a little bit. And eventually, if you do all of it enough, it covers the wall. Yeah, you do, you do, you do some push-ups and, and then you do some curls. I, I like right. it. Well, when I was head of virology at Hopkins, we used to always talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> so you know what I find so interesting, right? And and you know, both with with this Nova vaccine, also with the Johnson and Johnson issue with throwing away the vaccines. You know, all of us have taken vaccines for like all of our lives, right? And I wonder how common, you know, a, a fuck up where it's a piece of a vaccine goes in a different one uh, happens with other vaccines and we just never even paid any attention to it. Or, you know, there's a booster and what type of booster is it? Does it match the original vaccine you got? I have no idea what that's happened in the past. And I'm still not fucking magnetized. <laughs> <laughs> I want my money back. Yes. But I mean, really, like I wonder though, how, like we've never paid attention. And when I say we, I know scientists have and, and pharmaceutical companies and doctors have, but regular ordinary Americans have never paid any attention to this. I certainly have not. If you ask me, name one vaccine producer from one vaccine that either I or my kids have ever gotten, I'd be stumped. But now we're all like, oh, I don't want this one. I don't want the Johnson & Johnson. I want this one instead. Like, really? Like, name what you got for M – what is it called? MMR. It's called MMA. <laughs> name what you got for the That's MMR vaccine. vaccine. <laughs> it's a whole different situation. This, I think, is one of those things that I think the world is going to be permanently changed about. People paying a little bit more attention to, you know, what's in vaccines or who makes them or uh, – when they come to market or when they're approved or all that stuff, I think that we're seeing a bit of a permanent difference. Yeah. yeah and, and just wrapping up, like I, I, in addition to being pissed that I was not magnetized by it, I was promised a chip. I was told Bill Gates was putting chips in these things that would give me some augmented capacity to appreciate life a little more. It was supposed to augment your capacity to appreciate life? I made that up. Oh. I wish the chip existed to do that. Where's my chip? It Bill might. Gates, I know you're listening. Where's my chip? It might be in there. And it hasn't been activated yet. How do you know? He could be listening right now. I love you, Bill Gates. <laughs> yeah. It could be that you're enjoying life as much as you possibly can. Chipless or chipful? I mean, or tortilla chips. <laughs> there you go. Not sponsored by Tostitos, but yet, hey, Tostitos, where's my chip? On that note. On that note. Andrew McDowell. How do you enjoy your first sit-in on a Vaxxon taping? It's been a pleasure to be here with you. Andrew you have your own magnetism, and I hope that <laughs> <laughs> finish I your hope, sentence. <laughs> I hope that in the future we are drawn to each other once again. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. If if my magnetism levels ever run low, uh, I I hope that there will be a booster out there that can <laughs> that can help me with that. Good night, everyone. <laughs> That's all for today, folks. If you like today's show, the conversation continues on Twitter at VaxonPod. That's V-A-X-O-N pod. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your friends to listen. Vaxon is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Alora Nanos. Our senior producers are Brianna Seely and Andrew McDowell. It is mixed and edited by Brianna Seely. Our theme music is by Chair Model. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. 
Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com.